Act 4, Scene 10. The movie screen does not rise on the empty stage. And a second feature starts, also titled Journey to Paradise. An expensive, high-quality production in sharply focused black and white resembling the cinematography of German Expressionism before the war. Or the film noir after the war, like The Third Man. No impressionistic gauze on this clear lens. This is high contrast of harsh light and deep shadows, disjointed, oddly angled, enigmatic, imagistic. In the establishing shot, we see the house of Faustus on an early spring morn. A dense white smoke plumes at its chimney in the chill air. Some students, whom we recognize, huddle outside his door, standing in the muddy track. And across the market square, some other older men loiter at a tavern door, watching the house. Helen comes out of the house and walks away hurriedly. As she travels away, the camera turns to see the groups of these students and other men arriving from other directions, enter the house. The camera looks toward the gravid clouds, and the credits roll against the streak of falling rain. Screenplay by Wagner. Produced and directed by Mephistopheles, and so on. Mephistopheles provides the voiceover. Exploiting ecclesiastical authority, Wagner's cause gained celebrity and public sympathy, a following of men, especially the married, who, discontented with their wives, felt erotic intimations from women who, alluring, seductive, were hidden in, beguiling their bedeviled minds, infesting nocturnal dreams or daydreams, Immoral assaults even in the daylight, ill-clothed, provocative, lewd, dancing, teasing, abusing, shy, innocent, brazen, lustful, wanton, tender, wishful, wanting, caressing, refusing, resisting, yielding women, open for them, given to them, taken by them in their sexual inquisition. 
But for her redemption, the woman chastened, while the aggravated anxiety of the men abated, and justice shall be reported to the community, and women become better wives, husbands satisfied. During the span of Lent, Wagner thus summoned Marguerite to repent. He commanded her to come upon the stage which had been engaged, Faustus' former study, thence cleared for space where accusers assembled, whom in her own case comprised some students, an uncle, some cousins, and other curious men from her native village. Helen had been sent away for duty of midwifery, authentic, if convenient, and Wagner greeted them whilst his ulterior intent he solemnly explained, to confront her conscience with the salacious evidence. And should she not confess, should she not sincerely repent, she shall be obliged to prove what they justly suspect, that is to say, undress, and show her innocence. For it was held, when naked should she not arouse, she must be guiltless. M is not present to this scene, but it is his voice off-screen you hear relate the matter seen. Off-screen Mephistopheles Wagner's lips misapplied. These students all will tell, the animated puppet lied. How you bewitch their will and taunt them sexually as they sleep each night? What shall you deny? She exclaimed her innocence, confounded by what was said. To prove your innocence, Wagner interrupted with insistence. You must confess or else undress. But if I do confess, will I be punished? she asked, dismayed. Well then, Wagner replied, you shall be undressed and presented to these men so they may ascertain that it is you who torment them with your nakedness, with naked breasts, with your splayed legs, worried them in sleep, sucked out their seed. For if you are the witch you seem to be, you are guilty caused us our impotence, and like sly Lilith, whorish mate of Satan, you are the source of man's immorality. Though she was stunned and resisted, the students shoved her en masse, atop the doctor's desk by force. Some held her, others roughly stripped her of all the clothing that she wore and rudely jostled, grossly handled, teased and groped, pinched and pawed. They insinuated cravings, she should admit. She stood before them thus, in her soft, pooled, fallen clothing, plashed about her like sea foam, like wrinkling weeds that washed with milk and lace, entangling her feet, just as the goddess Venus standing naked at her birth, born this way from the sea. And in that same naive pose, 
one arm across her breasts, the other against her sex. She partially hid from view her nakedness, herself. They stepped away to see her stand apart, goddess on her pedestal, indecent in their adoration, and did not speak, but stared at her, whose hair, disheveled, obscured her flushing face. In the lengthy silence, in the swollen moment, she heard sly laughter while they leered, and Wagner hissed at them, it's what she wanted. A lamp was lit and passed along, and she looked up to see it come from hand to hand, like a bead that strung on invisible thread, enlarge, approaching, and one grinning boy held it up near to show her in its glare her nakedness luridly displayed that she may be seen, her body shown vividly and obscene. Wagner gave her no command. She knew what they must want, so let her hands to drop aside and turned her head to look away. Absorbing light gathered up. Her nakedness sheds its radiance, a gleam so bright, a glow and hot, or else she is the light, aroused, arousing, a gaze attracting fire, the substance of desire, body of flesh and flame, the illusion of desire, the self-consuming fire, destroying what it requires. Stage direction reads, rapid edits, alternating long shots and close-ups, clips of faces and pornographic imagery, close-ups of her nakedness in strange cubist angles, flashes of sexual touching, all intermixed with psychedelic images of neon liquids, dissolves, and iridescent blends of oils and water. The imagery is creatively montaged with suggestive experimental photography washing rapid overlays of interspace scenes of sexual activities barely recognizable, morphed artistically into fractals of intricate patterns with kaleidoscopic colors. The poem continues. Anticipating, breathless, in profusion of, in the awakening, to culminate in a milky breadth of flaring stars, of water and fire conflicting to destruct, to burst and to end, new and numinous, dying or living, as living or dying in hope or in despair, seeking or surrendering, 
drowning or struggling, the victims of a wreck in a northern sea, freezing in waters in a flaming slick of oil, burn and swim in the night in stark emptiness, where dead drift by and the quick cling desperately to every edge they grasp of it, and gasping for life are never more alive. Suddenly, into the house, Helen broke the door, made it explode. Pyrotechnically blasted, technologically displayed a spectacular effect. And glittery lights sprayed violently across the stage, revealing startled naked actors who could not hide. M laughed to see the scene, all panicked, all fleeing, while Marguerite, confused, stood central in the crowd, where M eclipsed her, who unexpectedly on the scene enfolded her with his capacious cape, embraced her, approving smugly Helen's violent contempt. Wagner begged them so piteously, his peaked erection raw as meat, Mephistopheles for pity's sake. Helen manifest flights of blades flung viciously, flung by her rage, flung wildly, unconsciously, flights of glassy shards that dazzled, darted, and rent, plunged and randomly impaled. Bodies flopped down and bled, groaned, rolled over, and were dead. She killed so many in the house. The piled bodies obstructed escape, but clamoring from the burst door, they ran maniacally into the streets, cried, Murder! Witch! Devils! And scattering into the town, they ran. Wagner, bellowing, escaped with just a nick upon his neck, which he clasped, profusely bleeding. He cursed and limped, and looking back, his stiff prick waggled comically, he mocked the audience heroically. Revenge, he vowed vaingloriously, as off the screen he went dramatically. Mephistopheles shrugged, kissed Marguerite's forehead, spoke kindnesses and comforts while dandling her pretty breasts for the pornographic camera.
Helen routed everyone out of Fausta's house and gave pursuit to them, fleeing madly to the street. She chased and sought to kill the several hid and cowered. She found and butchered still. When she returned, stood in the door, the camera lingered on the gore, which clotted in her hair, befouled her hands, still splurged, bloodied, wet, dripping to the floor, then panned upon the witless, naked maiden, bent shameless across the arm of Faustus' chair, her tits beneath her bobbling while Mephistopheles grinning fucked her vigorously there. Fade from image to final credits, rolling too rapidly to read, listing all the miscreants alphabetically annotating those who were deceased with the year of the birth and this year of their death. Upon the screen it reads, Finney. Stage instructions. The film flaps as the reel reaches its end and the screen is suddenly brilliantly white. The screen rolls up on its squeaky pulleys as the lamp of the projector fades. A spotlight comes, revealing behind it our chorus, who concludes the scene's narration. Helen took her to her own room when her dark lover's passion had softened and subsided and enveloped her in blankets comforted and empathized, bathed her face, washed her thighs, and soothed her as she cried. Helen gave her Wagner's room, gave her refuge in Faustus' home. For it was rumored by the town that Marguerite, having acquiesced and confessed, deserved her brutal rape. When in public she was shunned, by family, by priest, by everyone. Thus her father had forbade her mother visit or even speak to her, was indignant at the mention of her name, and to compound her shame, her rape, had left her pregnant. Meanwhile, Wagner is exiled. Discharged as Faustus Famulus, cast out by Helen vindictively, and he, neglected by Mephistopheles, lost his magic, the lecherous capacities which gained him pleasure and notoriety, and had made so many men his friend. Now no one wanted his company. And houseless, he slept in the streets and restlessly wandered and ranted, obsessing sexually for Marguerite. Carping, lonely, 
he took too much to drink, and could not sleep for aching to messence of his cursed penis, the merciless affliction that Helen's cruel spell had inflicted on him. Her spell rebuked him whenever he came near Faust's house, where he'd lived so many years. Even in the tavern across from it, or anywhere that he might try in town, a constant stiff prick, painful and embarrassing, that would not remit. Sore repeated masturbation did not assuage it, and only goaded the obsessive fantasy fixed to it to find some means to punish Marguerite, to find her sleeping in what had been his bed and stab his sexual vengeance between her legs. Mephistopheles disdained his complaints, though Wagner begged him and unashamed pleaded to resume his wicked occupation. Oh, what's the use? M finally said to him. Why not just go and make a new profession? Seek instead a holy life and be celibate. Wagner thought this mocking him and spat. <laughs>